News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. News Talk 1070 KHMO presents On the Mark with Mark Hespin. On the Mark is powered by Cunis Country Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area at 221 North 36th Street, Quincy. Faith, family, and giving back. That's Cunis Country. And now, here's Mark Hespin. Good morning, Tri-States, and wherever you may be listening on the News Talk 1070 KHMO app. This is On the Mark. I am Mark Hespin, brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda Hyundai dealer in the Tri-State area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Thank you so much for making us a part of your morning here as I'm trying to make sure my headphones are all set. We're good on a Super Bowl Saturday. It is Super Bowl weekend, Valentine's Day weekend as well. Don't forget, gentlemen, big day on Monday is just as big of a day on Sunday. Uh, on the Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy Faith. Family giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Ask them about that complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Tell them Mark sent you when you stop by the dealership. We got a ton of topics on this uh, episode 122 of On the Mark on this uh, day before the Super Super Bowl, obviously, Super Bowl heavy to start. I'm going to lay it all out there. We'll take as much time as we need uh, for me to work my way through all the storylines in the Super Bowl to give you my prediction uh, and to back up why I feel the way I do, along with the fact uh, that I think there is a road for both teams to win this Super Bowl, and I'll try to lay that out for us all uh, as well. But I do feel strongly, fairly strongly about one team winning. Uh, I have some thoughts on the Olympics, mainly focusing on these all-time great American Olympic athletes. We'll talk about that. Uh, also coming on up in the show, NFL award season, the Hall of Fame list came out. Strong thoughts on that. And finally, the NBA is trying to uh, take over the headlines of the sports world uh, with a mega deal at the, blo- at the at the trade deadline, a blockbuster deal. Uh, we'll break down all the big deals in the NBA, my thoughts on it. Overall, like I was saying to our uh, On The Mark Facebook audience before I got live on the air, I think overall, though, the contenders stay contenders and the and the people out of the playoffs have stayed out of the playoffs. I, I don't think there's anything here that drastically maybe changed uh, people's destinies except for maybe the Pelicans getting C.J. McCollum and that could help them maybe make a playoff run. All right, let's jump into it. Let's wait no longer. Hespin headline number one. It's time to talk about the Super Bowl. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right. The Los Angeles Rams will win Super Bowl 56. Yes, the Cincinnati Bengals are a team of destiny. Yes, I love Joe Burrow. I love everything about Cincinnati and the story of Cincinnati. A lot of the reason I love Cincinnati is because Cincinnati is me. Cincinnati is the Chicago Bears. They're they're a, a team that has been stuck and in, in in kind of losing ways with a couple winning seasons, some playoffs here, Andy Dalton years, some non-playoffs. They hadn't won in a long, long time. And look what happened. They get a quarterback, and everything changed within two years. They got the right head coach, the right head quarter, uh, quarterback. They had the right pieces around that quarterback, and they go on a meteoric rise. And they are on a meteoric rise. And the Cincinnati Bengals could certainly win this Super Bowl, but the Los Angeles Rams will win it. 
Uh, that is my official pick for Super Bowl 56. Now, the score and the breakdown, let's get into all that. I, I, I think where it's for me where it's key to start and just general is keeping it simple. When you're thinking about the Super Bowl, try to block out a lot of uh, the noise that you hear, the comments in the week. You know, Joe Burrow didn't touch his comeback player of the year trophy because he's so focused on the next trophy, touch the Super Bowl trophy. Uh, listen, I love all that. I eat that for breakfast. That is delicious storylines to in, indulge in. But for, keep it simple. Keep it focused on what we know is just football fans and watching the game. This Bengals team did beat a very good Kansas City Chiefs team in Kansas City. In Arrowhead, one of the toughest places to play. SoFi Stadium will be nothing compared to what Arrowhead was for the Bengals two weeks ago. But what we saw out of Kansas City was also a monumental blown lead and letdown of the likes we haven't seen since the Atlanta Falcons 28-3 against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. A monumental failure from the Kansas City Chiefs helped the Cincinnati Bengals find themselves in Super Bowl 56. Remember, the Bengals were down 21-3. to They were dead in the water, absolutely dead in the water. Uh, they get a nice little touchdown drive, but then the Bengal, then the Kansas City Chiefs are right back down there to drive the football. Uh, they end up getting no points. You think, ah, nothing of it. Still a nice 11-point lead for the Kansas City Chiefs. They'll run away in the second half. And the Bengals smelled the blood, and they attacked it. And the Bengals deserve a ton of credit for that. And the Bengals are in this Super Bowl for a reason. They're not a mirage. The Bengals could win this game. This is one of the first Super Bowls I can remember in a long time feeling as though if if you told me one team wins to the other one, uh, besides last year's Super Bowl, honestly, that you feel like, yeah, I, I, I feel it. We've had two Super Bowls now in a row. We feel pretty good that it's almost like a 50-50 chance uh, to win. I lean towards the Rams for uh, a number of reasons, which will start to unfold here as well. We'll focus a little on the Bengals still for a bit. This is that same Bengals team that was down 21-3. to They were down 21-3 to because their offensive line was struggling. They couldn't find a, a, a way to move the ball efficiently on offense uh, with the pressure that Kansas City was getting. And defensively, against a bunch of big-time weapons like a Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill and Miko Hardman, they were getting gashed by a really good quarterback who has a really great relationship with his really good weapons. That's what the that's what the Los Angeles Rams have as well. Not to the level that Kansas City does. Not exactly to that level, but very, very close. But what the Rams have the that the Chiefs didn't have, that the Bengals won't have a chance to uh, take advantage of, is the Rams have a bunch of studs on that defense. Again, sometimes games like this are as simple as looking at who's got the better players and who are playing and, and are those better players playing in positions that are extraordinarily key to winning a football game like this when teams are going to be a little tight. There's going to be one or two big plays probably early because someone makes a mistake. The lights are a little bright. Uh, you know, the noise is, is, is loud. The energy, the jitters are there. Someone goes, uh, there's a quick early fumble. Uh, there's an early interception. There's an early blown coverage. Um, those things can happen in a Super Bowl like this. And both teams are capable of taking advantage of moments like that. Uh, but the team that has the better players in just the key spots, 
To me, I trust them to take advantage of that more. And you know that of the Los Angeles Rams defense especially. Um, You know, I also think that you have to just say to yourself, we can't make – we have to – let me put it this way. In order for the Bengals' offensive line to really handle the Rams' defensive line, they're going to have to do something out of the ordinary, out of character, something we haven't seen the Bengals do yet in this uh, playoffs, let alone all season. Listen to this stat. According to ESPN Metrics, powered by the NFL Next Gen Stats, the Rams rank first in pass rush win rate this season, meaning when they're rushing the passer, the Rams' individual players have the highest win percentage of any of the other individual players in the NFL. That includes the great Steelers defensive line and T.J. Watt and all those other uh, really great defensive linemen out there in the defensive lines. They win their pass rush rate more than any other team. The Bengals, however, are ranked 30th in pass block win rate. So you have the best pass rush winners against the worst pass blockers. Uh, I mean, it's as simple as that sometimes, and you don't want to overthink it. Let stats like that gel. In the course of a four quarters of a big game, that matters. That really matters. Now, the Bengals know this. The Rams know this. So how are each team going to adjust to it? It's much easier for the Rams to adjust to what the Bengals are doing than the Bengals to adjust to how to block the Rams. For the Rams, they just have to understand the Bengals going to try to get screen games going. They're going to try to establish a run, and they're going to try to quick throws, a bunch of quick throws. Now, what the Bengals have to do is find a way to actually do all those things, establish a run game, find quick throws, and get a screen game going. But the Bengals also have the tough job in this game in order to combat that really important stat about their bad offensive line against a great Rams defensive front. They also have to find a way to take advantage of that. Make them think quick game deep route. Now they have weapons to do that in Higby and Uzama and uh, and uh, obviously uh, Jamar Chase. So that's why I think this game is going to be really close. I started this rant by saying the Rams will win the Super Bowl. I believe that, but I believe the score will be really close, which we'll get to in a second. It comes down for me when you keep it simple. The Rams have more players and they're playing at bigger key positions in a game that is really meaningful. Plus, They've been sleeping in their own bed for how many weeks now? Three weeks straight since they won that game in Tampa? They also, this Rams team, you know, everyone's talking about the Bengals. Look at the Bengals did. They won their first ever playoff game in 30-something years in a home win against an upstart good Raiders team with a good quarterback. They went on the road to Tennessee. Despite nine sacks, they found a way to overcome and persevere due to Joe Burrow. Then they went on the road to Kansas City. They were down 21-3. And they smelled blood in the water. They came back and won a game in the AFC Championship game against the best quarterback in the NFL with the best weapons and offense in the NFL. And they and and, and they held them to only three points in the second half. A lot of people, and I think I would be one of them, argue the Chiefs held themselves to three points in the second half. The Bengals played really good football. Don't get me wrong. They deserve to be here. But... This Bengals team, everyone's talking about that meteoric rise. Look at what the Rams had to go through. They had to get through division rival Arizona at home. They demolished them. They had to go on the road against the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, in Tampa. And they had a giant lead. They saw that lead collapse around them. 
And then we're able to still find a way. Matt Stafford, calm, cool, collected, giant fourth quarter drive. Remember, that was the game of the weekend. That was the game of the playoffs until Kansas City Buffalo later that night. I mean, that was the game. I was talking about, oh, my God, the Rams come out. Barnburners blowing the doors out of Tampa. Tampa looks not competitive. The Rams get a little complacent. They they make some bad turnovers, fumble, interception. Look out, here comes Tampa. They storm back. And what happens with 30 seconds remaining? Matthew Stafford, calm, cool, collected. He's the biggest throws of his life. Leads the Rams down to a, a field goal to win the game in Tampa. Take out the defending Super Bowl champions. They They went through all of that. Then they had to play their arch nemesis and the team that has owned them mentally and physically for the last three years in their home stadium. And they exercised those demons and their defense came out against a really good, really good San Francisco 49ers offensive line. And they dominated the line of scrimmage. I think you underestimate. A lot of people want to talk about the Bengals' meteoric rise. This Rams team has exercised all the demons necessary for them to get to this point. I like the Rams in this game. I like it close. I think the score is something along the lines of 27-24. That's my official prediction. Rams win 27-24. Bengals cover the four, which you're getting in a lot of sports books right now. I like the Bengals a lot in this game. I think this is a really fascinating game. I think the Bengals are up 10-3 early in the game. I think they hit a big play to Jamar Chase. Rams come out, maybe make a mistake or two. But then the Rams' defense and the teeth of the game settle in. The Rams start running the ball effectively. Matt Stafford finds his connection with Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, you have Akers and Sony Michelle, all those weapons. I know Tyler Higby's out. That stinks for the Rams. But their backup tight end stepped up really big uh, in that NFC Championship game. You see the Rams get control of the game. They go into halftime leading maybe 13 to 10. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they're the team that's able to score two touchdowns, one in the third. They extend the lead. All of a sudden, here they go. 20 to uh, 20 to 10. They're pulling away. Joe Burrow finds a way to get another touchdown. Uh, climb back in this game. It's a back and forth, back and forth. Matt Stafford uh, leads the Rams on a game-winning drive late in the game. I think it's really close. I think it's really competitive. I think it's a fun game. I think there's big plays. I think Matthew Stafford is your MVP. I think he uh, he, he he plays well in the big moments. I think he spreads the ball around. Cooper Cup has a nice day. Odell Beckham Jr. is a big day. I think day. I think they run the ball well. Cam Akers and Sony Michelle catching the ball in the backfield as well. I like the Rams to win in a close game. 27-24 over the Bengals. Now, uh, that's how I see the Rams winning this game. I think they are able to control the line of scrimmage a lot more. I think they get three to four sacks on Joe Burrow. I think they get the Bengals uh, to uh, to catch them in a mistake. Remember, Zach Taylor was an assistant for Sean McVay. So Sean McVay knows Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor knows Sean McVay. But Sean McVay... In that last Super Bowl, they only scored three points of that loss to the Patriots. I think that has haunted him for these past four years since that game, three and a half years since that game. I think Sean McVay, you're going to come out to see him with a really efficient game plan offensively. I think they actually established a run in this game. I guess the Bengals team, they can run on. And, uh, and I think they just have the bigger players in the bigger positions making the big time plays. I mean, that defense with Jalen Ramsey, Eric Weddle, 
uh, uh, Gaines, Ashawn Robinson, the tackle, obviously Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Vaughn Miller, huge name players uh, in really, really big uh, name positions. You need them. Corners, defensive lines, Whitworth at the tackle spot. Great quarterback playing really. You know, Matt Stafford's got 11 touchdowns, only uh, one interception. 11 total touchdowns, nine passing, two rushing, only one interception in the playoffs. He's been playing great. A lot of the focus on Joe Burrow and the, and the stardom is Joe Burrow. I also think it's great for the Rams that they're at home. I really do. I think that plays into this into this as well. Uh, how do the Bengals win this game? I think they the Bengals win this game um, pretty simply, actually. But it's simple to say it's hard to do. That's a better way to say it. I think they have to run the football. Joe Burrow passing the ball close to 40, 45, 50 times, I think spells disaster for them. Because I just think that puts that offensive line in too many vulnerable vulnerable positions. You have guys like Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald. They're going for Super Bowl MVP. They're looking for big plays. They are they are going to be constantly eyeing for, can I get the tip interception? Can I get the strip sack fumble touchdown? Can I get three plus sacks in this game and win myself a Super Bowl MVP? This is this is uh, you know blood in the water from the start for this Rams defensive line. Can the Bengals take advantage of that? If they can, they can win this game. Can they find the screens at the right moment? Can the short passing game break into a couple big plays? Can they catch Jalen Ramsey looking for a moment and hit a big over the top? They can certainly do that. That's why I think it's a close game. And I would not be shocked at all if I'm sitting here next week being like, I was wrong, hands up, the Bengals won. I just trust the big-time players in this game. I trust that Rams defensive line to dominate the football game when it, when they need to dominate the football game, make the big plays when they need to make the big plays. I think Stafford does as well. I'm taking the Rams 27-24 over the Bengals in a really exciting, really close game. I think I think overall we'll, we'll wake up Monday morning and say, man, that was a really fun Super Bowl. And after last year's Super Bowl with the blowout victory and, and the Chiefs weren't competitive because they were so beat up on the offensive line, I think we're going to get that this year. Now, granted, the Bengals' offensive line is bad, but at least there's continuity alongside of it, and they're not beat up like the like the Chiefs was last year. I don't think it's a blowout, um, and uh, but I do think both teams are capable of blowing each other out. Like if the Bengals go out there and and just flat out win, you know, twenty seven ten, and it's not close, or the Rams do the same thing. Again, I wouldn't be that shocked. Both teams have big play capabilities. Uh, both teams are capable of making a bunch of mistakes so that can bite both teams in the butt. And it's a Super Bowl. Both teams, can want it. either one of them could get really tight and make some huge mistakes. So I think it's a great game. I think it's a competitive game. I'll take the Rams 27-24. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. When we come back, thoughts on the Olympics, but specifically the big-time American stars and why it's so hard uh, for some of these big names. Uh, we're live and local on America's home, uh, hometown station, News Talk 1070, KHMO, the KHMO app. Susan, it's so... Hometown News Talk 1070, KHMO, and the free KHMO mobile app for your smartphone. Uh, 20 seconds isn't much time, but it's enough to stop the spread of coronavirus by washing your hands. Just lather with soap and water, scrub for 20 seconds, rinse, dry, and repeat often. A message from the Illinois State Medical Society. 
We're KHMO and the KHMO mobile app. That's my cue. Welcome on back down the mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. I don't do that a ton on this show, uh, but that one got me there. We had to get that PSA, the coronavirus PSA in there, and uh, and I'm back now. And uh, welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by the great people of Cunis Honda Hyundai. Uh, two different stores, the Honda dealership, the Hyundai dealership right next to each other. Uh, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy, right across from the Village Inn on 36, uh, just south of Broadway. Um, their lot is so packed full of incredible used inventory. I was just talking with Levi Billman uh, this week, the general sales manager of Cunis Hyundai. Uh, he was telling me, he's like, Mark, we haven't had this full a lot of great used inventory in his career of being in, in the car sales, you know, decades of career. Uh, they just load it with you go great used inventory. Uh, and part of that is because when they get new inventory in, it flies off the shelves because the deals are so good. So shop online, shop early, CunisQuincy.com, CunisHonda.com, CunisHyundai.com, or just stop by the dealership. Tell them Mark sent you and uh, check out their incredible, incredible used inventory. All right. Uh, welcome on back. Let's jump into it. Hespin headline number two. Hespin's headlines on the mark. All right. So I want to turn my focus to the Olympics. Obviously, I, I'm a big Olympics guy. You, you've you been with me in this show now uh, for well over a year and a half. Uh, we've been doing the show oh, oh, two, two years, over two years, I think, now since the summer of 2019. Summer of 20, yeah, over two and a half years now. I can't believe it. it's crazy. Um, and you know that uh, I'm, uh, the Olympics are something that I love. I, I get into it because of the, the American pride behind it. I get into it because it's special event programming. It's must watch. I would not watch skiing and ice skating every other weekend. Like I'd watch basketball, football, baseball. No, no, no. But Every four years, I'm 100% in. I'm watching skiing and, uh, and and ice skating and all that because it's, it's appointment watch it. It's fun. And the American pride part of it uh, is huge. So I noticed something now, a real trend. And I think it's a trend that we have to, as Americans, understand is probably going to continue. What Michaela Schifrin is going through right now, the greatest, arguably, uh, female skier, maybe just the greatest skier of all time, what she's going through right now is exactly what Simone Biles uh, just went through this past summer in the 2020, 2021 Summer Olympics. It's exactly what Nathan Chen went through, the greatest figure skater of all time, uh, in the 2018 uh, Olympics, it is a lot like what Sean White went through in the 2014 Sochi Olympics. The pressure builds on these all-time great American athletes. Every other bleeping commercial is Michaela Schifrin. It's Nathan Chen. It's Sean White. It's uh, Chloe Kim. And she's going to be dealing with it in the next Olympics uh, even more so. There's only two Olympic athletes in my lifetime of watching the Olympics that have gotten to the top quickly, stayed at the top, and never faltered from the top. It is nearly impossible to do. And they are two of the greatest athletes of all time, hands down. They're in the discussion. They have no knocks against them. That's Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt. That's it. Even the great Sean White, winning gold in 06, gold in 2010, finished fourth 
And the pressure got to him in 2014 at the peak of his career. I mean, that was the pinnacle peak of Sean White's career. The 18 Olympics were like, Sean White's getting older. He had a really bad accident, all those stitches, the surgeries. And it was an incredible run for him to get gold in Pyeongchang in 18. And that put Sean White back into that pinnacle of the greatest of all time because he dealt through the adversity and came back from it. And then, you know, finishing out this year, finishing fourth, I don't think anyone blames Sean White. No knock on Sean White's career for going to a fifth Olympic Games and ending up uh, finishing fourth. Uh, three golds, two fourths. That's an incredible run. And now he now he reenters that, that conversation with Usain Bolt and Michael Phelps. But in my opinion, he's a step below and always will be because Phelps and Bolt got to the top, stayed at the top, Never faltered from the top, prevented other all-time greats from ever sniffing gold medals, and then walked out on top on their terms. Michaela Schifrin was on that trajectory this Olympics, and, and just like Simone Biles was on that trajectory this past Olympics, those two athletes, and they faltered. And the pressure got to them. And I think a large part of it is being an American great Olympic athlete. I've never watched the Olympics in China. I've never watched the Olympics living in Japan. I've never watched the Olympics living in Russia, Great Britain, France, Australia. Pick insert country here. I don't know what their commercials are like. I don't know what the pressure is like. But I do know when you watch the Summer Olympics, it was Simone Biles, not only 100% of the focus from the American media, but from the world media, because she was on the trajectory, just like Phelps and, and Usain Bolt were. Now, they handled the pressure and and I, and, and, and got the golds and, and dominated in those in those games that uh, all the world eyes were on them. And that's what makes them, to me, all-time, all-time greats. Like, upper echelon, they don't have bad marks on their resume. Their bad marks is like, oh, they got a silver in their third best discipline for Phelps. Like, that's the bad mark. You know, and so Michaela Schifrin's going through it right now. Now, Nathan Chen, a little different. His career should have began with those golds in, in Pyeongchang in 18, and he faltered. Now, he responded brilliantly, a lot like Sean White did. He responded, and, and, and he deserves all the credit in the world. He's one of the greatest figure skaters of all time. But again, I can't put Nathan Chen on that pedestal of Michael Phelps, of Usain Bolt, because they got there and never faltered. Now, again, this is a lot like saying the difference between LeBron James and Michael Jordan. There's no shame in being Michaela Schiffer and Nathan Chen, Simone Biles. They are legitimate greatest athletes of all times in their sports. They are in the conversation. But in order for you to be greatest Olympians of all time now... I do think there's something to handling that pressure. And again, it's not fair. Back in the 60s and 70s and, uh, and, 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 you know, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, they didn't have the, the media pressure that they have now. It's just not, it's just not fair in a lot of sense. But this is what you get. You get the bigger paychecks, you get the bigger stardom, and you got to deal with that bigger pressure. And, and frankly, I think, uh, Chloe Kim, She's the next one to face it in the next Winter Olympics. So back-to-back uh, -back golds, a little bit older, the pressure on. Can she do three in a row? And so she, it's coming for her. And uh, and it's it, listen, I'm proud of all these American athletes. They're all all-time greats. But if you're trying to then get in this conversation, if we want to have the 
MJ LeBron debate for the Olympic athletes. This is what puts Phelps and Usain Bolt in a different category, in my opinion, than the Bileses, than the Chens, than the uh, Michaela Schifrins, and even Sean White. Sean White at least had his fall, and then he did come back and redeem it. Can Michaela Schifrin in, in four years come back and redeem it? We'll have to wait and see. And then she can be on that Sean White trajectory as well. But I still think um, if you're going you're gonna to argue about this and try to rank all-time Olympic athletes, this is the difference. And this is what it, it, what makes it so unique. And I do think we as Americans have to be prepared for what we watched uh, the other night. I sat down, popcorn ready, Michaela Schiffer in skiing. We got the slalom. Let's get a gold medal. She's out in five seconds. It was heartbreaking. I watched her. I mean, I was literally welling up with tears. This poor girl, like, oh, my God, the pressure. Then they cut to commercial, and it's it's Michaela Schiffer commercial after Michaela Schiffer commercial. This poor girl. It's it's brutal, the amount of pressure. Your heart breaks for her. So I, I, I hope she comes back with a fire and a burning passion and gets that Sean White redemption story in that way. She's an all-time great. She's all-time great. But I do think we as Americans, what we've seen now from Nathan Chen in 18, that pressure we put on that young kid. He's 18 years old. Calling him the greatest figure skater in the world. He's supposed to go in there and win two gold medals. Fell, fell. Oh, it's heartbreaking. No medals. Michaela Schifrin, she's got five skiing events. She's gonna be the, this is going to be the greatest run ever. Simone Biles, she's going to dominate. She's going to win five gold medals. The twisties. It's heartbreaking. We're seeing it again with Michaela Schifrin, just like we saw it with Simone Biles. It's heartbreaking. But we as Americans have to prepare ourselves for this. These athletes go under so much pressure. And we as Americans sit down on our couches, popcorn ready, USA, USA, USA. They're on every other commercial. Inspiring the next generation. Out in five seconds. It's heartbreaking. Um, it, it's a fascinating, you know, just fascinating. I love the Olympics. This is why I love the Olympics. The passion. Uh, we're great at it. It's luck, We're lucky to be Americans in the winter and the summer Olympics. No country dominates both Olympics like we do. They just don't. Japan's really good at both, but we're way better than Japan in the summer and in the in the in the winter. You know, Great Britain's nowhere near us, and Australia's nowhere near us uh, overall in the winter. Uh, Russia is close, but they're not even technically competing because of all the sanctions. China is close. You know, they 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 go back. We go back and forth with China in the summer, and uh, but overall in the winter, we 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 do better. Uh, but they're gaining speed. It, you know, it's so fun to watch, but we put so much pressure on them. And then that heartbreak, I think it's going to keep happening. We've seen it now three Olympics in a row. Heartbreak for Nathan Chen. Heartbreak for Simone Biles. Heartbreak for Michaela Schifrin. We'll have to keep expecting it. The next Olympics come around, summer 2024, there's going to be an athlete we're built up for. There's going to be some heartbreak. This just going to happen. I got, I got a feeling it's going to happen in, on a colossal level. This trend is building. We put a lot of pressure on them. They put a lot of pressure on themselves. And there's very few Michael Phelps and Usain Bolts. Very few. Not even Sean White. Not even the great Sean White could do what Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt did, which was win early, keep winning through your prime, never falter, and win even when you're too old to win, and then walk out on top. That's, that is incredible. You're listening on the Mark News Talk 1070 KHMO, the KHMO app. When we come back, NFL uh, Awards Hall of Fame talk. Is, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not too fired up. Not too fired up. A lot of people want me to be angry. Devin Esther, Devin Esther. 
Bears, Hall of Famer, first ballot. Uh, well, let's revisit what I said before. You know, it's on the mark on News Talk 1070, KHMO and the KHMO app. Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. If wisdom teeth come in properly and meet the right conditions, they are generally safe to keep. But left unchecked, they can put you at risk for gum disease, tooth decay, and damage to adjacent teeth. Some wisdom teeth grow in at such an angle that they never break through the gum, which can lead to tooth decay, gum disease, cysts, and tumors. These impacted teeth can only be seen on x-rays, so the damage they may cause can go undetected if they are not checked by a dental professional. Some people just don't have enough room for another tooth in their mouth, so their wisdom teeth can affect adjacent teeth when they come in. This can make it difficult to chew, difficult to keep them all clean, and misalign your teeth. Not all wisdom teeth need to be removed, but they all do need to be monitored by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination. If your wisdom teeth do need to be removed, the procedure can be done in an office setting with minimal post-operative pain and swelling. Remember, pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Find your local oral and maxillofacial surgeon at myoms.org. On Election Day, millions of Americans will cast their ballots, many for the first time. It marks the beginning of a new era, an era where we proudly participate and shape the future. To check your voter registration status, find your polling place, or get election information, visit headcount.org. It's a nonpartisan resource for voters of all ages, backgrounds, and beliefs. The future is now, and the future is voting. Visit H-E-A-D-C-O-U-N-T dot O-R-G today. Paid for by government. Forecast from the News Talk 1070 KHMO Weather Center. A mix of clouds and sun today with highs around 24. Northwest winds 8 to 15 miles per hour. 15 tonight cloudy. 25 tomorrow chance for snow. A destiny of snow tomorrow. Right now 14. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. Brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, giving back. That's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you. Check out their no-fear complimentary lifetime powertrain warranty on new and used vehicles. Uh, it's something that they do that... Very few, if no one else does it, they have that much faith in their used inventory and their mechanics in their service department. Check them on out. Tell them Mark Sension, CunisQuincy.com, or just stop by 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. All right. We are uh, starting to wind down the show here. And uh, the other day, the NFL announced all their awards, right? And I, I thought they got it right. You got Vrabel. Come uh, coach of the year, comeback player of the year, Joe Burrow, uh, rookie, defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, Chase and Parsons all make sense to me. Uh, defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, good for him, makes sense to me. Um, and then you get the MVP, Aaron Rodgers. And I don't want this to just be Mark Hayton on Aaron Rodgers because it's just not, it's not the truth of it. Honestly, do I think that Tom Brady had a real case for MVP? Sure. Do I think that Aaron Rodgers had the storyline for MVP a little bit? Sure. I think um, I think that Aaron Rodgers, you know, getting a one seed in the, in the tougher NFC, uh, playing at home, it is a regular season award, all makes sense. But that's what I want to focus on. It's a regular season award. 
And I think it's time that the NFL do something with the MVP. And I think it's a really simple, easy answer to it. It's a really easy answer to it. The MVP should be given out after the Super Bowl, a week after the Super Bowl. The most valuable player of the 2021-2022 NFL season should be the final award given out. I think to replace the current MVP and that slot of like, whoa, with just best player award. And you give it to the person that had the best season. You say, right now, that dude is the best player in the NFL. Call it the John Madden best player in the NFL award. I don't call it the Tom Brady best player in the NFL award. I don't care what you do. And that's what Aaron Rodgers would have won. You give it to then, you can argue then you say, that person, there's more debate for a defensive player winning it, a running back or a wide receiver winning it. Heck, you can maybe throw Trent Williams, a great offensive lineman in that. Or quarterbacks obviously will win it a lot. You say, that dude right now, best player. Or call it best season. Best regular season NFL award. They win that award. Add a best player award. I don't care what you do. But the MVP, the most valuable player of the 2021-2022 overall season, should be given at the very end of the year. Very end of the year. Because even if the Cincinnati Bengals lose to the Los Angeles Rams, the MVP of the season then would be Joe Burrow. And I think it would be the most deserving award given out. Getting the Bengals to this point and doing what he's done, he's the real MVP of the NFL. No team could get farther with their star player, than Joe Burrow got the Bengals. I mean, heck, Aaron Rodgers couldn't even win a home playoff game against the Niners. And he's the most valuable player to his team. Like, I'm just saying, at the end of the regular season, I get it. Aaron Rodgers, MVP in the numbers, if you just... But we were thinking in a vacuum then that that's the season. It shouldn't be a regular season award. The MVP should be a season-long award. Give a best regular season award out then and let that go to Aaron Rodgers. But the most valuable player, in my opinion, it's time. This is becoming like the Pro Bowl. It's like a joke. You got Aaron Rodgers. The last time an MVP won a Super Bowl was Kurt Warner in 99. Like, it's becoming a joke. So let's change it. The NFL is all about change. They change the rules on us. What's a catch and what's not a catch? Taunting all this BS. The NFL's pro-changing things. So let's change it. Give out a best player award at the NFL Honors. Best season award at the NFL Honors. And then it can go to a variety of players. We stop just favoring the quarterbacks. And then what do you do? You give out an MVP at the very end of the NFL season. A week, ballots are due. You can start voting the AP writers the day after the Super Bowl, Monday. Ballots are due by Sunday. Who who was the most valuable player from week one to the end of the Super Bowl for the 2021-2022 NFL season? That would be Joe Burrow, regardless of what happens on Sunday. Uh, The other point I want to make about the uh, NFL awards is they give out the uh, Hall of Fame. 
a lot of people want me to be upset about Devin Hester. I'm not. I'm not angry. I'm not upset. Devin Hester is a Hall of Famer. He will get into the Hall of Fame. What I'm frustrated about with this Hall of Fame class is this was the perfect class to get Devin Hester in because it's really a kind of a not a ton of star power class. Tony Baselli, very happy he deserves to get in. I'm glad he finally gets in. Cliff Branch, uh, Leroy Butler, you know, the Art McNally's. I'm not sure about Art McNally. He's an official. He's, you know, a contributor. Sam Mills, very good. Very good. Uh, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, uh, Richard Seymour. I get it. you got to start putting some of those Patriots in or else it's going to be weird that it's only Brady and Gronk in. you got to put some Patriots in. Dick Vermeil, very good, very good. Brian Young, you know, these are good These are good players. They all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, I think. But it's not a star power. So you could have added some star power, some flash, some modernness with Devin Hester. I think it would have made a bunch of sense. But Devin Hester, I'm not angry because Devin Hester should get in. He will get in. He will be a Hall of Famer. But this class is underwhelming. And I'll be honest, NFL Hall of Fame voters, look yourselves in the mirror this morning. If Richard Seaman and uh, Seymour... And Bryant Young are in. What are you doing not putting Steve Mongo McMichael in? Look yourselves in the mirror. Look at the stats. Mongo should be in. You'll sit on the mark. News Talk 1070. Cage Mo and the Cage Mo app. Crooked teeth can afford braces. Luckily, there's donated orthodontic services from the American Association of Orthodontists. Kids who qualify can be matched with a volunteer orthodontist. Visit aaoinfo.org. We are Hometown News Talk 1070 KHMO. Welcome on back to On the Mark here on News Talk 1070 KHMO and the KHMO app. On the Mark is brought to you by Cunis Honda Hyundai, your number one Honda and Hyundai dealer in the tri-state area, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. Faith, family, Giving back, that's Cunis Honda Hyundai. Tell them Mark sent you and bring your W-2s. It's tax time. If you need to get into a new car fast, you can't wait for that tax return money, they'll do your taxes for you. They will calculate what you get. They will put it on a card, and you can use that right away for a down payment on a new vehicle. That's incredible. Cunis Honda Hyundai, 221 North 36th Street in Quincy. CunisQuincy.com, Cunis Honda, CunisHyundai.com. Tell them Mark sent you. All right. Wrapping up the show here with five minutes left. I, I'm forced to talk NBA. If you missed it earlier, I'm taking the Rams 27-24 in a really close game. Could go either way. My gut favors the defensive line and the star power of the Rams. Uh, the NBA, we actually had some monumental trades at the trade deadline. Uh, so let's go through it. The first one, the big one, the 76ers get James Harden. The Nets, in return, get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and a couple first-round picks in 2022 and 2027. I like this deal for the Nets. I think getting Seth Curry and Andre Drummond as role players to build around Kyrie and Kevin Durant. What we've learned in the NBA, three stars is a lot of stars. And it's not always good unless they are really, really, really good together. Steph, Katie, Clay, LeBron, D-Wade, Bosh. Three stars you got to find really great gel, really great chemistry, and you and, it, and it's a short time, their window, to be great. Two stars 
with a bunch of great role players who know their roles, that is dynasties. That is champ multiple championships. That's the 90s Bulls. That's the Lakers and the Celtics in the 80s. Two stars who are all-time greats, and then a bunch of great role players that know their roles. Now the Nets have that. Now the Nets, if they can figure it out with Kyrie Irving, and if I'm Kevin Durant, every day I'm calling Kyrie Irving saying, get it figured out, study whatever you got to study to be playing basketball every game and not just road games. And then you have Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond to add to the role players they already have, and LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin, some of the shooters they already have. Seth Curry is a, is a great shooter. I think it's great for the Nets. And for the 76ers, I think, again, they simplified it. They said, all right, now we have our two stars, Harden and Bead. They play off each other really well. Harden's used to playing with a big. And now, and now Embiid is a slasher and a guy who can hit threes and shoot and take some of that volume shooting away. And Tobias Harris is a, is a really nice piece. They have a couple other good pieces. So I think they're neither of them now I'm like, oh, they're the favorite. They're both about the same. I like the Nets and the, and the Sixers about the same as I did a week ago as I do today for the chances to win the Eastern Conference. Um, Mavericks getting rid of Kristaps. I think it's a good win for the Mavericks. Uh, they get uh, Dimwitty and, and uh, Bertrands. I think that's great for Luca. Luca right now doesn't have a second star, so don't force it. If it's not working with Kristaps, don't force it. Get him just more role player guys that he can feed the rock to, can score and shoot, knock down threes. I think that's what they did. And for the Wizards, this gives us some sort of signal to Bradley Beal, like, hey. We, we got a lot, you know, the Wizards now have, you know, uh, they, they have some young bigs. They have some shooting. They have Kyle Kuzma. You add Porzingis. All right. Okay, that's some pieces to work around Bradley Beal. Uh, some of the other moves that I really liked. I really liked the Bucks quietly getting Serge Ibaka in that four-team trade. I didn't love they had to give up Dante DiVincenzo, um, but I, I like that uh, they were able to get Serge Ibaka. The Bucks are massive now. They are huge. And Serge is a win-now piece to help them retain their title, who is going to be great in the playoffs to play big against Chicago, to play really big against Mo, uh, Miami, and to drown out the size of Philadelphia and, and Brooklyn. No one's bigger than Milwaukee. They are they are huge right now. And with the emergence of Grayson Allen, Dante DiVincenzo is someone they can part with in order to get a Serge Ibaka. I love it. I love it for uh, for the Bucks. And they get a couple second round picks. That's how they got to build rosters around maxed out players. Also in that trade, I love that the Pistons get Marvin Bagley. The Pistons now have a fun young core. You have Bagley. You have your, your your star right now in Jeremy Grant, and then you have Cade Cunningham. So give this a couple years to see if this can grow into something for the Detroit Pistons. So I really like that. The Hornets getting Montrez Harrell, I love that for them. He gives them experience. He gives them toughness. I think that helps them if they're trying to make a playoff run. Uh, and lastly, I think um, the, the the other move that you got to touch on is the fact that the, the, the Trailblazers look like they're blowing it up. The Pelicans now surround Zion and uh, when he gets healthy, if he ever plays, and uh, Brandon Ingram with C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell, I think that's great. I think that's really, really a uh, great move. Again, if you just missed, if you missed the beginning of the show, I like the Rams to win 27-24 over the Bengals. Bengals, Bengals will cover the four. Follow me on Twitter, at Mark Hespin, for more Super Bowl thoughts the day of. Um, 
I think it's a really close game, really competitive game. It could go either way. My gut tells me the star players in the Rams make the big plays when they need to. Joe Burrow plays well, but the Rams will win it. On the mark, News Talk 1070, KHMO and the KHMO app. Thank you so much for making me a part of your morning. Susan, it's so great to find.